Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited today because I am visiting the Museum of Native American History. I am sitting across from Charlotte Buchanan Yale, who is the director of the museum, and she is a busy lady. She has the sharpest sneakers on in the world that I absolutely love when I saw them, and and they're (laughs) emblematic of the kind of work that she's doing because she's here, there, and everywhere. So In a flash, she took some time out of her busy schedule to sit down with me. And I got to tell you, folks, the only reason why we're sitting down here now is because a couple of weeks ago, my youngest son who goes to the Arts Academy, big shout out to the Arkansas Arts Academy and Rogers, they came here to the Museum of Native American History for a a tour. And I was like, oh, I really want to go because I remember driving by it in Bentonville and you know, I, I saw it from the outside and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I guess in my mind, when I think of museums around here, or at least 
we think of museums, we think of crystal bridges because it's so opulent and just so above, I mean, it's, it's above reproach. And we've had crystal bridges on the, on the podcast, but I got to tell you folks, I walked into this museum and I walked out a changed person. As a history major in college, I can appreciate research and I can and appreciate knowing your history and the, the importance of knowing every aspect of your history. But I got to say, when you go into the Native American History Museum here in Bentonville, you will walk out with a newfound respect and a newfound understanding for this area and for what it represents historically, as well as where it's going, right? Because you know what they say, those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. And so without further ado, Charlotte Buchanan-Yale, how are you doing today? I am so excited to do this with you. I mean, everything you just said, I mean, I could probably talk to you till the bison come home. And so let's just see where this goes today. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And we, we, we're going to have a ton of Native American references in this podcast. So folks, don't take it the wrong way. We're embracing the culture that is this area in Northwest Arkansas. And if you live here, you need to understand what here is. And I think it's really important, as I used to say back in the day, you know, the gateway to the West was St. Louis, and we're like five hours west of there. So this was like the wild, wild west. This was a much different area, you know, over 150, 160 years ago and even beyond that. But why don't you just tell us a little bit about your origin story and how you actually got here to the museum? Well, you know, when we're talking, I grew up in, you know, where we live is pretty amazing. You're talking about St. Louis. I mean, when I moved here and when you moved here, people were thinking, what? You know, Arkansas, right. their mouths become oscilloscopes. But we're in the catbird seat of yeah. history. We're close to Kansas City. We're close to St. Louis. We're close to Dallas. We're close to 39 nations in Oklahoma. Yeah. And and it's just really an exciting area because we are kind of the gateway sitting in the middle of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, people say, how did you get here? I mean, I moved to Arkansas. My mother was born in Little Rock at the turn of the last century, so the blood of the mother must course through me. But they <laughs> somehow migrated to Texas. So I grew up as a Dallas Texan. Stars at night are big and bright. Anyway, in the heart of Texas. <laughs> but I digress. Anyway, I moved to the Northwest for 25 years. And how did I get here? I, call, I say spirit brought me here. You can watch your life, you know, in spirals, how it kind of brings you to the day or Coyote keeps running that same playbook by you to see if you got the message or not. Yeah. And one thing we have at the museum, and I think you probably, it stands out, is the winter count. It's called Lone Dog's Winter Count. It's the most extraordinary teaching tool because it is on a bison hide. And what is a winter count? A winter count is when things have kind of slowed down and you're hearing your elders tell those oral histories over and over again, you know, to lock in who you are and where you've been and where you may be going. Right. And it always starts in the middle in a spiral. And so that's, I think, well, how true that is, how I became the director of the Museum of Native American History. And I'm not even going to go down that road with you today. Right. But it is my true honor to take everything I learned in the first half of my life and give everything I've got to this museum because it is just my honor to join hands with David Bogle, who created it. I mean, this man's vision is so extraordinary and so surprising to people that come through those great doors because you think, well, I'll be out of here in 25 minutes in right. this, this little regional museum. I didn't want to leave when I came. No. I really didn't. The well, only reason I left was because they were on a timeline. It was the last day before the Thanksgiving break. You can't see it on a field trip. It's like a, it's like a artist's opening. Yeah. You can't see the art. I mean, everybody's 
drinking cheap wine and bad cheese. <laughs> and so you need to come back. And right. that's what we try to do is plant that seed that you come back over and over and over again. And what I love doing is that David's vision is that he takes you on a tour through five periods of Native American history from the Paleo period to the European influence. And in that time, that 14, 16,000 time frame, we are dedicated to the diversity of culture of the first people from all the Americas, South right. America, Central America, Mexico, up to Alaska, over to the Antilles. And so, and then we connect, we tell the story of the present through cultural leaders, Native American cultural leaders that come through those doors. It could be Wes Studi before he gets an Academy Award, which was pretty fabulous. Right. Or it's artists, it's author events, it is artists teaching creative visions where you learn the tradition history behind. We And then we go farther and also the Earth Guardian movement, that we're now an official Earth Guardian Museum. And then that parlays into the future where, where you brought your, you know, and you're on the field trip right. where we want to educate the next generation about our collective history. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I mean, gosh, there's so many different directions. I, I think that the day that we were there at the museum, there was also a, 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 a small group of kids that I think were from an Indian. They were from Stillwell. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, Stillwell, Oklahoma. Yes. yes and okay. that was really great because they're older kids and, you know, I trained to be a Montessori teacher, so I just used that training on big people. But, you know, your <laughs> older kids with the younger kids that were there. And I thought, you know, we just make it work. I mean, yeah. the time schedule got really crackers. Yeah. But Oh, uh, it was fine. It, it was, was totally everybody fine. Everybody was, so, you know, to have literally 120 kids in this little museum is ridiculously wonderful because they were so well behaved. Yeah, they they were. They really I was I was impressed actually a, a grandmother came on this trip on that particular field trip and we were talking and her daughter and my son are in the same class and we were remarking about how there I think there were four classes from Arts Academy that came mm -hmm. and about almost 100 kids yeah. and they were very they were very good. That's and, because Aaron Jones rules with a steel fist. Right. He's like <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no no no. They they were definitely really good and and we we um you know, you you mentioned a couple of things that that stood out to me which was that that circular what do you call it again? It's a winter count. Winter count. There's only about 100 count. known, and okay. the museum has two, and we sometimes have three. So I watched one of their teachers, and I can't remember his name. He gave the lesson in that, was that Aaron. room. Okay, mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. him. So big shout out to him. Thank you so much for, for that lesson. I just stood there as he started going through and identifying each year and the significance of each year. And when you see this calendar, just imagine in your mind a spiral uh, a line that just continues to spiral out from the center. And for each, 70 years. For 70 years. And each year has a representation of an image. And there's a story behind that. And, you know, like you you talked about, you know, the storytellers and, and the oral history. It's so important. I mean, a lot of us, listen, those that are listening to this podcast, you know, you've probably had stories told to you by your grandparents or by your parents or somebody close to you that has relayed a story. And over the years, it's taken on life and it's taken on new meaning. And I think it's storytelling is important. Storytelling is the lifeblood of all of us. I mean, it's so important. And what's great about the winter count is that when you're sitting around the campfire, it's called a winter count because it begins with the first snow, especially in the Dakotas, which would have been October, maybe to March. Right. And so you're hearing these stories, the death of a chief, the the excitement of stealing a uh, 800 horses, you know, from the Crow Nation, you know, the yeah. celebrations and all that. Well, the tribal counts would come together and decide what was the most exciting, important thing that happened. So Lone Dog or the Keeper, 
of that winter count would make one glyph. And if we all had a little winter count, and a lot of times we do that with the kids, we'll take a little craft paper and make a little winter count where they could start, you know, and make their own glyph of the most important thing that happened in their life. But especially for the kids that came through from the Arkansas Arts Academy, if they're a writer, you know, we have a key that tells you that what that one, whether it was the Leonid meteor shower where the stars fell all night, where you thought maybe the world is ending, you don't know the wonder that's attached to that. You can extrapolate that into a play. You can learn more about the death of that. Who was that chief? You can learn more about, you know, you know, some of these extraordinary events. And we want people to fall through time and learn more. Yeah. No, History is exciting. It History's, is. History is imagination. It is. You know, especially if you, you know, you go through once and you go through twice. But if you can find your favorite thing and sit before it for an hour, let it speak to you. Imagine, you know, this woman that made that, cra- beaded that cradle board. That's her story. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty neat. It is. And now you have me thinking. I'm like, man, maybe I should I should go home and we we could do a, a winter count over the holidays with my kids where I mean, they're all young. They're 14, 13 and 9 as as the, at the time of the recording of this podcast, but I think it's it's good for all of us, myself included to reflect on the important things that happen in our lives and 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 maybe even try to distill down to one, you know, particular instance. That's a that's an incredible family thing to hand down, you know, and I love that because I, one thing I try to plant a seed when kids come in and just history starts at home. Yeah. Don't be like me and a million other people that you think, <laughs> I didn't even ask my Aunt Isabel what her maiden name is. Right. You know, so start now interviewing your parents and your grandparents because, you know, it saves <laughs> a lot of wear and tear later. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to share a hack with everybody here. I actually just, and I've slowly been sharing a little bit of my personal history on this podcast from time to time. And those of you that listen on a regular basis always come to me and say, well, I didn't know that about you or that was interesting to learn. But I just recently lost an aunt, a great aunt that was 105. Wow. And I lost another aunt that was 99. Wow. And they were in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is where a lot of my family's from. But I would always make it a point to go back and meet with them and I would record my conversations. Mm-hmm. And And I know that the holidays are coming up at the time that we're recording this. And I would certainly encourage those listening that when you're around some of your elders and some of the older people in your family that have that oral history down and have those stories just embedded in their brain, record them and listen to them because they are part of your identity and it's part of the storytelling that you need to pass down to your significant other, your kids, or whoever comes after you. You know, I think, you know, between, I love this conversation with you because I'm telling you that it is so healing and it is is the greatest treasure in the world. And, you know, when my Uncle Harry passed, you know, he, I encouraged him to tell a story and he recorded them on these little cassettes. (laughs) And I think we made them to DVDs or something like that. But to hear him being so funny, I mean, is the greatest treasure. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything you can, can buy right. that would be better than that. No, absolutely, absolutely, and, and and especially in this in this day and age when we're we're so caught up in consumerism, this mm-hmm. is a nice thing to embrace. That and, is the present. That's and, the gift. And, and, yeah, and it doesn't cost a dime. No, it really doesn't. No. It's free. It's mm-hmm. free. So take that for what it's worth, listeners. I, I I think you'll you'll enjoy it. I'd love to hear some stories of how the difference making of some storytelling in your family helped you after this holiday period. So please reach out here at I Am Northwest Arkansas and let us know. So, Ms. Buchanan, Yale, back to uh, the the museum. 
obviously you guys, you originally started out in a smaller location and then you, you, you had such a collection and was it, most of it was Mr. Bogle's collection. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And then did other people give to him or how did, how when, did this collection when continue people to grow? walk in the door, you know, there is, you're greeted by a 12,000 year old woolly mammoth. <laughs> right. Which is amazing. It's amazing. It, it is. It's the, the woolly mammoth's name's Tusker, and it was named by a nine, we had a naming contest, and it was the perfect nine year old boy came out with Tusker. But there's an ode to Mr. Bogle's Eagle Scout leader okay. that inspired him to be passionate about history and collecting, Mr. Fryer. Okay. And actually, his widow was in just last week, uh, Juanita Fryer. And David outgrew his home. He outgrew a tiny little museum on the square, and they brought us to where we are today. And it was just a house. Right. We're just, you know, it's, I, just a little house that has been attacked many which ways, you know, to be the museum it is today. And he brought in Marlon Blackwell, who worked with Faye Jones. A great architect. And who worked with Frank Lloyd Wright. Sure. And they created the great doors. So that's why it looks like such a cathedral when you come in. But then David, you know, the story he was going to tell is pretty extraordinary. I mean, really, when you think about all the Americas and all the different cultures and just recognized tribes right now in just the United States alone, federal is 575, but there's many more, you know, from there. So with that, he bought five very prestigious collections. And then from there, people love what he does. They trust what he does. David's heritage is Cherokee, okay, even though we yeah. represent no one nation or tribe. Right, right. We've had a generous donation from the Blairs of, of pre-Columbian art. We have Dr. Howard and Catherine Cockrell of Little Rock's extraordinary tapestry collection that changes. They just changed it out okay. last week. Okay. So we never know when <laughs> someone might lend their collection, but we don't bring something in just because it's available. It's got to give you a greater window to how the first people lived. So, you know, t- talk a little bit about, and, and again, this is a topic that I bring up quite a bit, that the thing that I am blown away about with regard to Northwest Arkansas is the giving spirit that exists here. The level of philanthropy, mm-hmm. the level of, hey, I want to help you out. And, and I, as I tell people, I mean, I've really never had anyone say no to me about being on the podcast after I've done a recording and, and, and interviewed somebody. They're always like, how can I help? What, you know, do you want you? You should talk to this person, or you need to interview I that, love that person. I love that here. It it you know I have been an event producer, a town wrangler, a community developer my whole life. Yeah, and to move here and to you know collaborate with so many people, I can't even. Be, I mean, I couldn't even count them on my hands and toes of how <laughs> many people that we say yes to. I mean, we have been so invisible in the beginning, and now you know we've kind of emerged as. You know, we're at number two is the best museums. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just got Witten City Scapes. We're number two. We're number two. But it's incredible. You know, I can, I love working with House of Songs. You know, Troy, do you want to do something with us? Or he's bringing someone in that would work or Runway, you know, that just, it's kind of making Bentonville a young Austin with the murals and everything. Right. I mean, they came up and supported us to have that incredible mural that was painted on the side of the building. I mean, you don't even know how many times people are like, oh, we've driven our kids to school and we've never been in there. And it's like, well, you will now, you know, because it's just like, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful out there. But I love it. I mean, it's a dream come true to be able to pick up the horn and call someone and, and, you know, they take your call and we figure out how we work together. Yeah. Well, so tell me, because we are in a, in in the area that we're in, like you said, there are 39 nations represented in this grander area. What has it meant for you guys to be stewards of this collection and interact with these different 
the different representations of these nations that are still exist and can trace their lineage back to a lot of the things that are part of your collection. Yeah. And and right. what is that like? I mean, being it's an honor, number one, but you have to earn it. And we've grown it organically. Yeah. You know, I mean, just adding the element of the present where we connect with, I mean, just bringing in extra, we had an opening ceremony during the Native American Cultural Celebration in October. And we honor the First Nations of Arkansas, which is the Quapaw, the Caddo, and the Osage, and to have the principal chiefs of the Osage Nation, of former uh, Jim Gray and former principal chief Jim Bird of the Cherokee Nation, even though Cherokee were not original, they did pass through here on the way to Tahlequah and did have a settlement. And to have J.R. Matthews as a former chairman of the Quapaw Nation, it is such an honor. And they become our family. Yeah. And I can rely on them to, you know, help us navigate. And we try to build on small successes. So, what we've done is that, you know, when people come in, there's a real warmth and you become part of our family. And that parlays into, you know, Bunky Echo Hawk, you know, telling other people it's a great place to come. It parlays into Stephen Paul Judd telling, and Wes Studi saying it was one of the best cultural celebrations he ever was a part of wow. because it wasn't just a powwow. It wasn't just selling, you know, art. You know, it was, he said the caliber of the presenters was extraordinary. And they were, I mean, you know, I have to, I see so many doors open to us and to be able to navigate and go through them and the equation of time, energy, money is something. But uh, a few year, couple of years ago, I went home and my husband had on the World Channel and there's this young man, Chutezcot Martinez. I thought, who is this kid? Mm -hmm. He's 17 years old. He's addressed the United Nations twice. He wrote a book at 17. His family created Earth Guardians have gone around the world and I see him standing next to Greta Thunberg. He is recording with Quincy Jones, who's he's actually a pretty good hip hop artist. Yeah. And so You know you're doing all kind of name dropping here, which is great. I love that. Well, so, I don't yeah. mean to. I mean it drives no, me no, crazy. I, I mean, people it's, do. It's but, great. but what happened just by taking going through that door and calling his mother, yeah. it has turned us into where he had he had a good experience. And now Macy, our youngest, who is Cherokee, is an Earth Guardian. And so that's when we're talking about the new medicine garden we've created. We were in solidarity with the Day of Action that went around the world. Right. And so we were doing it here in Bentonville, too. And so that has parlayed into, you know, opening that door. Because, again, right now with our youth, it is so important for me to ask the question, why does this story we tell matter to them. You right. know, when you've got so many devices, you're oh, I know. you're so freaking privileged around here. And I, you know, feel like just going to every school and you must come and experience people like Shutezcott Martinez. Now, so speaking of which, do, do you go visit schools? Yes. That, okay, well, we so don't, we're too small to open that door. Right. Uh, we prefer them to come to us. But yeah. if there is like a big event, we try to collaborate with them. So, during the Native American Cultural Celebration, we brought in Joseph Bruchock. Okay. He's the most extraordinary storyteller. So he, I mean, he's New York Times bestselling artist. So he's right. telling a story to over 250 students. They have sketchbooks. They're drawing. So from, and also it ties into West Studi getting an Academy Award. They're sketching and they'll parlay those sketches into graphic novels or storyboarding for a short film. Wow. Okay. So we can do that. But I also had... You know, we have to be really crafty who we send out. So we sent out Sam Chinta, who is just an extraordinary person with Fulcrum Press, which is one of the premier publishing companies for American Indian writers. And so Sam actually 
you know, was my ambassador. Not only was he selling books and we, you know, bringing in other authors, he went, and so he's writing a lesson plan that comes off of that experience with Joseph Bruchot. And also Arkansas Arts Academy came to us and experienced Joseph also. Yeah. So it's really hard right now because we're a small staff to, you know, say, oh, yeah, we'll show up at your place. But we, we try to find a way to help. You know, well, so speaking of which, given the size of your staff and everything, do you take volunteers? We do. You do? We okay. do. And interns. And interns. Yes. Okay. So there's plenty of there's plenty of work to do and there's plenty of opportunities to do that work. There is. And it, usually it's a limited amount, especially for events. We need volunteers. Mm-hmm. I mean, d- during the Native American Cultural Celebration and then um, three weeks later, we did Benton- Bentonville Dio de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. We need volunteers for that because it's, I mean, we couldn't believe the success of Bentonville Dio de los Muertos. I mean, for us, having 1,300 people come through those doors yeah. was like, oh my goodness. All in one day? Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. That is, that's a lot. Is there a way for people to, through the website, to, to mm-hmm. connect with that information? Mm-hmm. Is that usually readily apparent when yeah, you need volunteers? Yeah, you can volunteers? pick up the horn. Yeah. You, okay. You can go and, but I always like the phone call. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an auditory I am too. Yeah. I am too. And that's that's why I reached out to you. And, and that's also why I, I sent the email as well. Because someone could the, open your email and it might go through the cracks. So it's yeah, always best to back know. it up with exactly. a phone call with, with me. Call. Yeah, which it's works so, out. Yeah. And and the website is uh, mona.us. That's M-O-N-A-H dot U-S, mm-hmm. which stands for Museum of Native American History. So what's next for you guys? I mean, where, where, where are you hoping, what are some of your bigger goals and plans for this museum and for the impact that you'd like to see it have on this community? Well, again, what happened this year, I mean, and again, we are a small museum that is private collection, but thanks to extraordinary Walton Family Foundation, because we, I have no advertising budget. We have built this really by being newsworthy, word of mouth, you know, I mean, just incredible, you know, but they it gave us a programming grant. We don't look for, we're, we're not a museum that looks to the state, you know, I mean, David wants to, you know, navigate this journey. Yeah. And so, but programming, yes, we definitely, you know, it helps us bring extraordinary people that we couldn't afford to do it. I mean, I couldn't bring in West Duty yeah. by myself. And so, but their generosity and, bl- and support of us, we, they have funded us for 12 months and a big chunk of that went to the Native American Cultural Celebration. But once a month, we do Creative Visions. And that was created by Macy Henley, who is, again, our youngest. And she came up with this idea to bring different indigenous artists once a month that that teaches a traditional art form. And up to 50 people can learn beside them. But it's not that you're going to leave with a double wall basket. You're learning the tradition and history behind it. That's what's really important for us. You know, we have, I want to incorporate, and also we do native conversations once a month. And that could be an author event, you know, where we brought, uh, last year we brought in the Crazy Horse family. And that, you couldn't even get into the place. It was so extraordinary. In fact, on the winter count, one of... um, of uh, Floyd Clown Sr.'s relations from the Crazy Horse family is one of those glyphs. Really? Yes, it says Lone Horn had his leg killed. Well, Lone Horn had his leg broken in a bison hunt, but his heart was broken because he had lost his wife and child. So this is a whole thing that you expand from those little glyphs and you could have heard a pen drop. I mean, you understood what it was like to be sitting there hearing an elder tell these stories at winter. It was extraordinary. Did you guys videotape that? I 
We need a videographer really bad. <laughs> okay, I, big I, shout it, out. It's a blur. Yeah, yeah please yeah. call us. It, well, it, I would like to write that and it, hopefully they'll, you know, see us worthy of the next future grant and I would like to have a videographer. But what we want to add this coming year, we do story time for children once a month. It's the second Saturday. But what I would like to do is once a month, we bring in a different storyteller from a different nation. Okay. So you're not just hearing a story of the little fuzzy chipmunk. You're also knowing a little bit more about the history, you know, of the Laguna Nation. You're learning a little bit more about the tradition and the oral history behind that. Yeah. But they would do storytelling with children, but then there would be another presentation later in the day for all ages. Okay. So that's my next thing. So it'd be 12 months of storytellers. And we have some of the best in the whole world that are coming through there. Already our friends were family, like Gail Ross, who's a direct descendant of Chief John Ross. Okay. I mean, she has done storytelling at the White House. She's done storytelling on, you know, all over the place. So that's a new feature I think people will really like. And I got to say, I was really impressed with the gift shop too. <laughs> the gift shop, I mean. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, the gift shop is, I mean, you have some high quality items. We really in there. do. Yeah. We, it's, really I'm do. a major donor. Um, okay. I just bought this bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had a store for 20 years. Okay. And, in, in Seattle called Glamorama. Okay. And, I love um, the name. yeah, I figured 20 years is enough. And, um, and I just were ready to start the new chapter of my life. And, then for David, I, you know, he shouldered this for the first eight years. And so what we've been doing is increasing the people that come through, even though admissions free, you know, they're, you know, if you want to leave a donation for your visit, it's always appreciated. But the gift shop pays our salaries and, yeah. and also pays for, you know, other things going on in the museum. And it's, it's an honor to do this with such purpose. Yeah. You know, it's one thing I always thought, you know, I've always been an event producer. I thought selling things is not enough on this planet. And so to be able to do something that supports such a grand thing and also to bring different indigenous artists in right. that you're getting it's supporting an artist or a hospital in, in Guatemala or it's and there's also some silly things that have nothing to do with Native American history at all. But but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Listen, I as soon as I walked in, I, I had pulled out my wallet because at first I was like, oh, man, I, I I didn't ask my son's teacher how much it was costing to get in. And I was like. Then they were like, oh, no, it's free. I was like, free? And I, I had no idea. So there is no excuse for people not to come and visit and no. partake in, no. in all that you have to And what's offer. really cool now is people are just pushing past us and going shopping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know I am. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I walked in thinking I'm going to be out of this museum. Someone brought me in and saying they really need someone to help promote it and all that. And I thought, okay, I'll be here about 25 minutes. And so it's, I think it's going on eight years later. Yeah. And you never left. <laughs> you never left. <laughs> you never left. So, well, man, I, I love, I love hearing this story and there, there's just so many anecdotes that I think uh, play a part into the success that you guys are experiencing here with the museum and, and also what's to come. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for you to continue to grow. And I certainly think with the giving spirit of this area, you, there will be no shortage of people willing to lend a hand and to help out. And that's what's so great about the events, too, is that it gives us return on the visitor. You know, a lot of times if you went through, well, we saw it. But by bringing in, you know, monthly, we're starting to see people like 12 times a year, you know, yeah. or, or you know, your Aunt Maud came into town and you want to, you know, bring, share, you know, it's people feel like family that come right. in that door. Right, right. <laughs> no, I love that. I, well, I certainly am going to, uh, when my mother comes to town, because she loves museums, we've, I've taken her to Crystal Bridges. That was the funny thing. You know, she's coming from, you know, she lived in right outside of New York City for many years. And 
you know, she's been all over the world and been to the Louvre and she saw Crystal Bridges and it just blew her mind. It's it, just, it's such a great setting. I yeah. mean, it's just beautiful. Yeah. There, so. so, yeah. So I, I love that. And and I'm going to certainly bring her here when she comes to visit in a few months. And I think I'm going to bring the family back for another another trip because I'd like to just sit down with that uh, winter count. And uh, when on the other side is the Washasha winter count that's on muslin cloth. Okay. And no one lives that long, but there's always, the keeper always has apprentices. And that one's been in uh, tribal art magazine and it's extraordinary also. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to take advantage of that. Those of you that are listening to this podcast, you have to see this winter count. I don't know if I, I have a picture of it. Do I need permission to show it? uh, No. Okay, so I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna um, put a picture of this winter count, so you understand what I'm talking about on the show notes for this particular episode of the podcast, and as long as as, as well as a couple of other choice photos that I've taken that yeah. I think you would really like, and and certainly we'll have a link to the website. So so those of you that have not been here before, it's really easy to get to. You're about five minutes from the square uh, in Bentonville, right down the street from one of my favorite restaurants, The Preacher's Son. And uh, so there's a lot that's right in this area. Yeah. It's, it's actually really easy to get to. I always tell people when they're on Highway 49 and you're coming this way, you know, you it's central. It's really central. It takes it you all the way to the museum. And so once you go past the downtown and Walton uh, Boulevard, we're the first teepee on the left. There you go. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And there's legitimately a teepee and, oh, out oh, there. Oh, there's one other thing I'll tell you. All kids that come here, we out by the teepee, we put arrowheads out there so they get to go. They all get a free arrowhead when they visit us. Yeah. But we're getting ready to get in 2020 a sand pit. And so you'll be able to excavate a cast of a dire wolf skeleton. Oh, man. That's going to be interesting. Is this place cool yeah. or what? Oh, it is. It's beyond <laughs> cool. Yeah. My, my son went out there with a couple of his friends and they were just, I mean, they were throwing rocks around and, and not not to hurt anybody, but just moving them around yeah. trying to find yeah. the arrowheads, which I thought were really cool. And he found two really nice arrowheads. Yeah. And, and, they're uh, all hand-napped. I yeah. mean, they're just modern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think that's really cool. But it, that, again, plants a seed. You know, it plants a seed. And that's an art form in itself. I mean, we have one of the largest prehistoric tool collections, period. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's the holy grail of nappers the sweetwater biface when they come in i mean it's so thin with all the technology today you cannot make something that thin and the pottery is extraordinary i mean like the quapa pottery and the caddo pottery i mean it's just there's clothing i mean it's just a little bit of everything and especially when those kids come in like the arkansas arts academy you know where you came in with them it's like i try to instill that each one of you has a very special gift you know to survive and thrive and, you know, some of you are going to resonate towards the bows and arrow. You're the hunters for the Arkansas Arts Academy tribe. Some of you, you know, you may be the medicine woman. Look at the medicine trunk we have. You know, some of you are the artisans that are creating this pottery and just to, you know, fall through time, you know, again. And it's just, again, my honor to talk to you today. Yeah. No, well, I, I appreciate that. So we've got the, I'll put all the contact information. You guys are based at uh, 202 Southwest O Street in Bentonville, uh, 72712, um, just for those that are listening on the fly. As we close, I'd love for you to just share your thoughts, especially for somebody listening, because I always try to consider who my audience is. And of course, we have a lot of people here that that uh, I'm exposing new information to. 
But then also there might be somebody listening that's thinking about coming to Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Give me your short cliff note version of why they should seriously consider coming here. It might be for Walmart. It might be for JB Honor Tyson. might be for one of the vendors that serve Walmart, or it might be for some other reason. But what would your why be? Why should they come to the museum or Northwest or, Arkansas? Yeah. Well, my thing is if they come to Northwest Arkansas, eventually they're going to make it to the museum. Well, first of all, after you listen to this extraordinary podcast, why would you not? <laughs> right. And but, <laughs> Thank you. But um, from USA Today, this little museum that could, we are the top three attractions in Arkansas. I know. Yeah. That's amazing. That's pretty great. That is great. And also we're fun. Yeah. History is fun. Yeah. History is exciting stuff. Well, when you're when you're not moving and shaking inside and outside the museum, what do you, what do you like to do here in Northwest Arkansas? You know, I am I live in Hobbitland, and um, my husband is extraordinary artist James Yale, and he had the good sense to build a home on the lake over in Rogers. Okay. And I'm just a big old homebody. I give everything I've got to the museum, and then I kind of sashay on home and uh, and, do and your thing. you know my friends and family are my gold. You know, I mean, I just, you know, it's as it should be, you know, when I get home, I mean, I just want to have free range conversations and garden and, and I just think it's so beautiful here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant. Oh my goodness. I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, you're not. Actually, I mean, over in Rogers, there is a restaurant called Havana. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I love it. I just love that place so much. And it's right by close to where I live. And they actually have a lot of uh, gluten-free items on the They menu. really do. They do. I'm just saying yes, you should yes. go to Havana. I yeah. just think it's pretty fabulous. But the reason why you should come here is that I do not feel, we run, I want to tell you one thing. When we did our first Native American cultural celebration, and I met the fabulous Bobby Bridger, who's a direct descendant of Jim Bridger. He's the one that started the cultural celebration with me. And we did it, we Again, I'm talking about you got to pay attention when these doors of opportunity open to all of us and you've got to know when to go through them. And so we did this during the time of Standing Rock and he got the John Nyhard Ward Cinder Award who wrote Black Elk Speaks. And I read Black Elk Speaks when I was a very young woman. And then I read it again right before the event. And Black Elk was this 11-year-old boy who became this powerful medicine man mm-hmm. and warrior, he had this vision that the hoops of the nation would be broken. And they were with wounded knee. Your heart was on the ground. But his vision went farther and farther and farther. We saw the tree of life growing again and the hoops of the nation of all the earth coming together. Yeah. And when we did that event, that's when 200 nations that might not have been so friendly with each other through time where indigenous and non-indigenous people stood up to protect this earth. Yeah. And I thought we were just so, I run on that vision that I feel like it's important that we create a museum of understanding because how is this earth and this world going to be healthy unless we, you know, we explore these stories and unearth these facts. And we bow and honor what has happened in the past and we meet each other with the eyes of a child to let, each other's story unfold. Yeah. And that's a key point. I mean, you bring up the eyes. I mean, the eyes are, are the window to the soul, right? They but, are. Uh, but, so uh, get your face out of your phone. <laughs> so, so, you know, look at people when you talk to them and, and you'd be surprised what you might learn. So, well, Charlotte Buchanan Yale, I count this a pleasure <laughs> to just sit down with you for a few minutes. You know, it's true what they say that you are the company you keep. Yeah. And, and I'm certainly appreciative of, of you 
spending a little bit of time with me and enlightening me to all that you're doing and the things that you're passionate about and uh, why Northwest Arkansas is so special. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, welcome to our family. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) that. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the Museum of Native American History. You cannot miss this place. You have to come and check it out. You have to come check out the teepee. Bring your kids, bring your grandkids, bring your grandkids' friends and your kids' friends, bring your friends. Just come down here and see Charlotte Buchanan Yale and the rest of her amazing team here at the museum. You will not be disappointed. And and do me a favor, when you do come down and visit, tell them that you heard about it first here on the podcast, I Am Northwest Arkansas. I would really appreciate that more than anything else. And as you know, uh, our podcast is available wherever great podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Pandora, iHeartRadio, you name it. I Am Northwest Arkansas is there. So we would appreciate you just checking us out, sharing us with a friend if you like this podcast. And remember, no two episodes are the same. So we really want to encourage you to be a part of the I Am Northwest Arkansas family and partake in all the great things that are happening. And if you're thinking about moving here, just do it. And if you're seriously not sure, reach out to me via email. All my information is on the website and I'll, I'll get on the phone with you and tell you why you should come to Northwest Arkansas. I don't care who you are. I got an answer for you. So that's all I have for today. We really appreciate you listening to this episode. And as usual, our episodes come out every Monday at noon. So uh, we will see you next week. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.